Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. You are listening to the Qalam podcast Hurdle series, a study of Imam Ghazali's Minhajul Abidin by Sheikh Mikail Ahmed Smith. Jazakallah khair for your continued support, and we pray that this is beneficial. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wa salatu wa salam ala Sayyidina wa Nabiyana wa Mawlana Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Allahumma inna nas'aluka hubbak wa hubba man yuhibbuk wa hubba amalin yuqarribuna ila hubbik ya arhamur rahimin. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his love. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the actions that will gain his love. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the love of those people that he loves. Allahumma rabbana adina al-haqqa haqqa wa zuqna tiba' wa adina al-batila batina wa zuqna ijtinaba minhu. We ask Allah to allow us to see truth as truth and give us the ability to follow that truth. And we ask Allah to allow us to see the falsehood as falsehood and allow us the strength to actually stay away from that. This is our 21st session of hurdles. And Imam Ghazali is showing us this pathway of worship. Imam Ghazali has highlighted in this book, different things that will get in our way. That's why he calls it hurdles, because there's the things that will stop us on our progression. Starting last week, we were focusing on the, the sixth hurdle. And the sixth hurdle was under the assumption that you've already started your ibadah. You're on this journey. You're doing what you can to be a better believer. You're striving towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And as you do more righteousness, as you begin to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala more, Imam Ghazali says, I want you to be aware of what's going to come that will spoil your reward. It will spoil the good deeds that you're doing. And what's the point of all this that we're doing if we're not going to reap that benefit from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? So last week, he spoke about the first one. And the first one was riyah, or showing off in our actions. And we talked in detail about how spiritually deadly that is for a believer because everything I'm doing is for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And anytime I do something for someone that I love, the thing that they love the most or the thing that hits them the most is how much it was done sincerely for them. Whether it be our child, whether it be our spouse, whether it be our brother or sister, they care about how much it was done sincerely for them. And so, for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, similarly, there are so many ahadith that talk about Allah just wants what's purely for him. Imam Ghazali said that ikhlas... Ikhlas is so rare, ikhlas, sincerity, is so rare that he said if you get a moment of ikhlas one time in your life where what you did was purely for the sake of Allah, yujibu jannah. That's enough to gain you jannah right there. Now this week we have a different one. And it's a dangerous one. It's something that can completely, completely, completely ruin our actions. And the Arabic word for it is called ujib or vanity or conceit. Vanity or conceit. Now, the English language doesn't do a good job of truly expressing what this term, what this concept is. When you say like somebody is muta'ajib bifulana or mu'ajib bifulana, it means that this person is in love with them. Like they've, they've become in love, enamored with the person. And the word ujab, it means when a person becomes in love with them own, their own self. And Imam Ghazali defines it. Hold up though. Love is powerful. The, the hadith of the Rasul ﷺ, he said, Your love of something will blind you and make you deaf. The moment you fall in love with anything, you don't want to hear nothing. Dude's like, don't invest. You're like, nah, yo. To the moon, yo. To the moon. <laughs> to the moon, bro. Like, you're like, nah, we got to go. I got to go all in. Somebody's like, no, she's not good for you. you like, nah, man, I could tell. He said, your love for anything. Now, here's the deal. What if your love is your love for yourself? Imagine how dangerous that is. Because as a believer, we're constantly checking the self. We're constantly rectifying the self. We're constantly looking, where am I going off the mark? But when you become in love with the self, then every slip up, actually, you just like, oh, I'm better. I'm, I'm getting even better. I'm advancing even more, where your faults are no longer false anymore, but pure advancement and pure moving forward. So Imam Ghazali is telling us that the next thing that will completely destroy your ibadah, your worship, is that when you start to worship, you become impressed with your own ibadah. 
Now, before I go into this, I want to look at two verses in the Quran where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke about this, this disease of ujab. See, the, the problem with Ujjab is this, yo. The problem with Ujjab is this. In order for us to be motivated on this path of worship, how did we start this 20 weeks ago? You have to do Tawbah. And Tawbah is all about seeing how you slacked, seeing how you didn't meet the mark, seeing how you didn't reach those, what are they, PQIs, PO, what are they called? KPI, whatever, yo. Like, we have spiritual KPIs, Right? And, and your Tawbah is all about waking up today and saying, you know, yesterday I didn't reach that mark on Quran. Yesterday I didn't reach that mark on Salah. Today's a better day. Ya Allah, forgive me for yesterday. Let me move forward. So there's an aspect of the self that you kind of like dislike about the self. Like Mikael, you were slacking there. And it's that dislike of that part of you that forces you to rectify that part of you. But here's the deal. If that feeling gets too strong, that feeling of dislike for parts of you, the soul no longer wants to journey forward to God because it doesn't see a point anymore. I'm a lost cause. There's no point in me. Bro, why are you trying to drag me to a halakha? Man, you know what I was doing last week? I'm a lost cause. What's the point? So the, 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 the point is that the Prophet ﷺ would bring yourself love up, but he would not lift you up so that it's based on something trivial, but rather base your self-love on how much Allah loves you. Let me give an example. There was a Sahabi by the name of Zuhair. And Zuhair was, a, they say, Damimul Waj. He wasn't a, an attractive man according to societal standards. He wasn't that attractive. He used to come from the outskirts of the city and he would come to Medina and he would sell, sit at his table and he would sell his stuff. But the narration says that the Prophet ﷺ, he loved him. He loved him immensely. So one day, Zuhair is sitting at his table, selling his goods, standing there. And the Prophet ﷺ, he comes from behind him and he bear hugs him. He bear hugs him. And he says, may yashtari al-abd minni. May yashtari al-abd. You may have heard the story before, but it, from this perspective, it's different. He says, may yashtari al-abd minni. Who wants to buy this guy from me? Because we're in the marketplace. So it's just a joke. He's just bear-hugging his friend. The narration, subhanAllah, the Sahaba had such a deep love. The narration says that when he hugged him, his first reaction was like, yo, get off me. But then when he looked down and saw the hands, he leaned back. He leaned back. Like, let me get closer to the Rasul, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Let me lean back, subhanAllah. So then, when, when the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, says, Who wants to buy this guy from me? See, he, he had set his standards of realizing who he was, not based on Allah, but what people thought. So he goes, He goes, if you try to sell me, you won't get a dime from me, ya Rasulullah. I'm nothing in the sight of the people. People overlook me. I'm nothing. The Prophet ﷺ, he turned him around and he said, Bal anta ghali He said, La la, you're priceless in the sight of God. Here's the deal. Self-love is needed. But self-love that is, that is based on recognizing I'm only as valuable as Allah's love for me. The moment I'm off that track, I am nothing. The moment I give up this path, what are you going to judge yourself by? Your looks? Oh, brothers. <laughs> I'm turning that corner, y'all. That stuff don't last long, man. Oh, how strong you are? Man, some of y'all so young, you touch your weight, you get like, boom. <laughs> that don't last long, y'all. Sisters, you could talk to your sisters, you know what I mean? <laughs> the point is, what are you valuing yourself? What's your self-love based off of? What, what is it, what is it, what's the reason that gives you value? And the thing that we're learning here is value is not determined by the blessing, right? This is the key. But the, but the love and care of the giver. See, see Allah blessed you with wealth right now. 
So does that mean if he takes it away, there's no love? Nah, because the blessing is just a sign of the bestower. The thing we have, here's the deal. The thing, the problem me and you have is there's three parts of this equation. There's the giver, there's the blessing, and the blessed. There's the giver, the blessing, the blessed. The people that love the dunya, they fall in love with the blessing. They'll do anything for it. They'll sell their soul for likes. They'll sell everything for attention. Blessing, blesser, blessed. The person that falls into the sickness of ujub, self-conceit over their, what they have, they fall in love with the blessed who happens to be themselves. Example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran, beautiful, beautiful. Today, this, this is eye-opening because what happens, what happens is you, you, you start to recognize and walk around life realizing how blessed you are, but you're not in love with the blessing anymore. It's Allah. And no matter what he gives me, he's always blessing me. Look at this example. In Surah Al-Kahf, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَضْرِبَ لَهُمْ مَثَلَ الرَّجُلَيْنِ جَعَلْنَا لِأَحَدِهِمَا جَنَّتَيْنِ مِنْ أَعْنَابِ One of the scholars said, like, what's the difference between kibr and ujab? Arrogance and this vain conceit, right? What's the difference between the two? And Imam Ghazali, he says, look, for kibr, arrogance, you need somebody else around so that you can look down on, like, yo, I'm better than that. Right? You need that. It, it lifts you up. You walk in, see someone with less wealth than you, less status than you, they studied less than you, they accomplished less than you. Feels good to walk into that room. So kibber needs somebody to look down on. You know about ujjah vanity? Imam Ghazali said you could be on an island alone and be like, I look good. Because it's all about you. It has nothing to do with anyone else. Ujjah is all about how impressed you are with yourself. In his definition of it, and I want you to remember this, in his definition of ujab, this vain conceit, he says, huwa is to, is to make the blessing grandiose, large. And to, in, in, to incline towards the blessing. Remember what I told you, the equation is simple. The blesser, the blessing, the blessed. Don't fall in love with the blessing. Because that can change and go. Yes, you're very handsome right now. Trust me, mashallah. But the blessing comes and goes. Allah might, Allah might take that away and give you hikmah. <laughs> you want it, Moaz? <laughs> he put his head down. See, he thinks he looks good, mashallah. <laughs> I'm just joking with you. I'm just joking with you. He says, You start to incline towards the blessing. He says, but here's the deal. Everyone's like, no, I like my blessings. I know. But here's the key. But you forgot to constantly connect that blessing back to the bestower of the gift. It's not the beauty. It's not the wealth. It's not the job. It's not the skills. What it is is you forgetting where that came from. So look, check this. There's a verse. There's a, there's a scenario in the Quran that's given to us. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about this sickness. And, and I'm going to get into it spiritually, but I need us to understand that this can happen in your worship, but it also happens in just your normal life. And so we need to understand it on both levels. Allah says in Surah Al-Kahf, verse 32 to 36, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Give them the example, O Muhammad, of two men. جَعَلْنَا لِأَحَدِهِمَا jannatain. We gave one of them two gardens. Notice Allah says, Ja'alna, we gave. That blessing from Allah. We gave one of them jannatain min a'nab, filled with grapes. It was surrounded by date palm. The point is, it's just beautiful. And there's all types of crops in this garden. This person had all of these blessings. He's benefiting so much from it. He's talking to his friend who doesn't have anything. He doesn't have the same blessings. And this is what I want you to understand. This is the key. One of the solutions to vanity and conceit is a friend that knew you from the beginning. Somebody that saw you before you leveled up. Before, before the glow up. 
Is that the word? That's the word? All right. Before, someone who remembers you in undergrad days. I met one doctor, and he knew a doctor friend of mine. I was like, oh, you know him? He's like, yeah, yeah. I know him before he was him. <laughs> and the way he smiled, I don't know if I trust the doctor no more. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. The point is you always need somebody around that remembers the days when you were in that two-bedroom apartment grinding. The bread and butter days. Remember that. So he's talking to his friend. Conceit is all about me. It's all about me. It's narcissism, pure. It's all about me. I got so much money. Man, I got, I got people that like to hang out with me, colleagues. He walked into his garden. Now, you got to put garden. What's your garden? Your garden might be that house. Your garden might be that nice job. Everyone has a different garden. Don't let the garden deceive you. You didn't get it because you're you. You got it because he's he. That's the key. You didn't get the beauty. You didn't get the job. You didn't get, oh, I know what you're thinking. I grinded for this. Really? Who gave you the tofik for that grind? Who gave you that? You gotta, you gotta push it back. You can never ever forget that. And here's, here's a cycle. I, I wrote this down because I want you to, I want you to just draw this out. We grind to move forward. And this means spiritually, economically, socially. We grind to move forward. But when we move forward, we recognize the blessing. So now how do we show gratitude for the blessing? We grind more. <laughs> Y'all ain't feeling me. Every day I wake up, why do I try harder today? Why do I teach with more zeal? Why do I wake up in the morning trying my best? Because I got to show gratitude for yesterday's grind. And the only way I could do that is to work harder to say, Ya Allah, I'm thankful for what you gave me. The moment you stop and pause and look back, man, look at that grind I did. Nope, you can't move forward no more. So look at the cycle. We grind, we move forward. We move forward and we're like, subhanAllah, I'm blessed. Oh, how do I repay this blessing? Grind more. And every day you wake up on the grind, but it's a spiritual grind. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about this man, he's blessed with these, these blessings. He says, Now we have the second cure, the way you conquer this ujib. He looks at it and he says, I don't think this is ever going away. Delusion. Delusion, meaning I'm chosen by God, I'm always going to have this. Solution to your vanity is to remember, I don't care how good those fingers are, one day they might shake. I don't care how good that tongue is speaking, there might come a time you can't speak as clear. I don't care how strong you are, there might come a time when that strength, you need someone else to help you out of the bed. So the recognition, the recognition is the thing that reminds you that my value isn't in the stillness of my hand. My value is in as much as I recognize Allah's blessing me for that stillness in my hands. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about this man, he's, he's debating with this, this, this person. And he says, And I, you know what? I don't know about this day of judgment. If I do go back to God, I'm even going to get more. Meaning, this is all about me. It's all about this whole show. The, the vain person, everybody else is a sidekick in the show. The vain, everybody else is just like, you a stunt double. You know what I mean? But for the believer, Allah, that's not the mentality. This is all about Allah. Here's the other part. And, and I wrote this down because I want us to understand. The mu'ajib, the muta'ajib, the one with ujib is too focused on themselves. The way I look at it is, you are a canvas that Allah shows the world his splendor through you. You are a canvas. Some of y'all like to paint. That canvas is you. Allah is showing the world how great he is 
through you. But the only way you can mess that up is you start to think for a moment that is coming from you. You are supposed to display Allah's greatness. That's what you're here for. He'll use you so long as you always attribute it back to him. In another example, Allah gives us another place in the Quran where this concept of ujib comes up. Now, I want us to understand it in two ways before I go forward. There's, there's vanity and conceit we can have about the blessings that we have. And the way that we protect ourselves is always remembering where the blessing came from, no matter what. But the, but the point of Imam Ghazali here is not about the, the vanity you have of your, your good looks or your wealth or your, your status. He doesn't care about that because this book is all about ibadah. So Imam Ghazali is actually like, you know where the shaitan really gets you? Is when you get vain out of your religious acts. you like, oh, I've been hitting up halakha for like 21 days. Hurdles? I be hopping those hurdles, yo. <laughs> Somebody else like, oh, I'm on session five. You're like, five? Oh, like, we're, you're still there? La. He, the point he's trying to make is your ujab, your ujab, your conceit, this vanity can even slip into your actions of ibadah. And that's what he wants to focus on. That's what we're going we're gonna to come back around to. I want to look at one more moment in the seerah of the Prophet wasallam. We never won any battle by the strength of our numbers ever. There was only one moment in the seerah where we began to lose. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about it in Surah At-Tawbah, verse number 25. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لَقَدْ نَسَرَكُمُ اللَّهُ فِي مَوَاتِنَا كَثِيرًا وَيَوْمَ حُنَيْنَ إِذْ أَعْجَبَتْكُمْ كَثْرَتُكُمْ فَلَمْ تُغْنِي عَنْكُمْ شَيْئًا It's a beautiful moment. Every battle that we went to, the Prophet went to, we were the underdogs. But we never thought that it was us that was doing. It wasn't you when you threw, but it was Allah who threw. We were the canvas by which Allah was showing truth and falsehood. That's what we were. But there was a moment where it was after the conquest of Mecca. And there's 12,000 Muslims. I mean, we have never in the history of the Sira up to this point ever had 12, rolled 12,000 deep, ever. So as we're going towards this next battlefield, and there's a lot of new Muslims too. I mean, like yesterday new. And they're looking around like, wow, we can never lose today because look how deep we're rolling. And the narrators say that because of those sentiments from people who weren't firmly grounded, even some of the firmly grounded started to be like, yeah, we are kind of deep. Yeah, we are doing kind of good. And the moment that thought, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, the moment you thought it was you, that was the first time we actually started to slip up. What happened? It's a beautiful moment in the seerah. We start to go towards Ta'if, and we're walking through this kind of valley. And as we get into the middle of the valley, the tribe of Hawazin, they, they ambush us, and they start like raining down arrows on the believers. And everyone ran except a few people. And it's one of my favorite moments in the life of the Prophet because as everyone's running, he's pushing forward. And Abbas is holding his, his mule and he's saying, I'm a prophet. This, arrows are flying at him. This is the point when truth just comes out of you. You can't fake it at this moment. So he's, he's shouting, I'm a prophet. This isn't a lie. I'm the son of Abdul Muttalib. And he just keeps pushing forward. After a, round, everyone, after a while, everyone comes back and they support him and then we win. But the point is that the loss started the moment we became convinced that our progress was us and not a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In one hadith, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, If you did not sin, I want to look at the spiritual side. If you did not sin, The Prophet ﷺ, he said, if you did not sin, I fear something that's even greater than sins. Now that, that right there should really get us thinking, greater than sins? If we didn't sin, the Prophet ﷺ is saying there's something that's more dangerous than sins. Because, because again, the good deed is only an objective to closeness to God. 
If the good deed ever doesn't get you close to God because of some internal component, the good deed isn't a good deed. In fact, the good deed pushes you away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I read something today where a scholar said, and I'm, I'm, I'm actually scared to share it. I read something today where a scholar said, when I'm done with a salah, I feel as shy as somebody who just stole someone, something and got caught. Y'all like, well, well, hold up. His actions aren't that pure. He's like, I'm not that proud of my action that I finished the salah. Allahu Akbar. Assalamu alaikum, assalamu alaikum. Yeah, malaika, check that one out. Yeah, mashallah. I just got that tahajurin, got that glow. La. He's like, I finished my prayer, and when I'm done with the prayer, I don't feel proud. I'm actually kind of shy that this is what I presented to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the Prophet وسلم, he's teaching us something deep. Sometimes we, we go through a patch of sins. But here's the deal. If the sins forced you to recognize your faults and rectify your life, I ask you, was that sin a calamity or did it bring you closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And if the blessing, if the good deed, if you go for Hajj, you go for Umrah, you do charity, you all that, but then you feel like you're all that. I ask you, what did you get? You got the same thing Shaitan got. Shaitan worshipped Allah for thousands of years. But there was a problem. The problem was he thought it was him. And the moment the test came, he said, Anna, what about me? And that's when he fell. The Prophet ﷺ, he says, if you did not sin, it's not a justification for sin, but a realization of how serious this sickness of ujub actually is. One of the scholars in Munawi, he says, because the sinner admits his or her, his or her shortcomings. So there's always hope for repentance. When you commit a sin and you're like, man, I'm off the mark. That's the exact opposite of ujah because you're not praising the self. You're, you're finding fault in the self and saying, Mikayo, we could be better tomorrow. But for the conceited or vain person, they're deceived by their actions so there's no point to tova. Every blessing, there is a potential focus for us. Every blessing, we can either focus on the blessing, you become a servant to blessings. You try to chase after money, chase after position, because you think blessings is, is where your meaning lies. You can focus on the blesser. That's what we should be focusing on. But the person with this conceit, they focus on themselves, that I'm everything. Ibn Taymiyyah. Ibn Taymiyyah, he says, um, he says, I consider this quality of conceit, vanity, for the actions that you do or for the blessings that you have, a type of shirk. Yes, a type of associating partners with God. Wait, hold on, that seems extreme, right? La. He says, this is very similar to Riyah. He says, when you're showing off in your actions, You've made the rest of the world equal to God. When I'm showing off my prayer, my salah, my fasting, and I want people to see it, I've equated people's approval with God's approval. We did that last week. He goes, but ujab is crazier. You know why? Because the person who's vain about their own actions, they've made themselves equal with God. They've, did, they've made the nafs. It's not about other people. It's about me. He says, um, every day we recite, He says, when you show off in your actions, you're lying when you say, And then every day we say, And he goes, and if you think you did all this by you, you're lying every time you say, Because deep down inside, you're like, I could have did it. I just, I grind it. I was supposed to have this. This was what I'm supposed to have. Here's the deal, everyone. Our hearts are meant to be filled with nothing but the love of God. He gives you blessings so you can realize how much he loves you. Some people take the blessings in their heart, fills with love for the blessings, status, position, you name it. I don't care. Everyone has their own thing that they die in. Everyone has their own thing that they spend their life obsessing over. 
their own God. He says, when you say, you've made things equal to God. When you say, you're supposed to mean, I truly need you in everything. The heart is supposed to be free. Free of love and care for anyone else and free in love of care of the self. Ibn Atal Askandari, he says, Free your heart from anything other than God. Free your heart. Think about it for a moment. What is in your heart right now? What is that primary thing you're worried about in your heart? He says, when you free your heart from other than God, when you free your heart from other than God, he says, at that moment, Allah will fill your heart with knowledge of who he is. But so long as anything else, and why is this so important? Because nowadays, I'll explain why it's so important. There's a hadith of the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa Where the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa he said, a beautiful hadith about this sickness of ujub. The Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa he said, thalathatun munjiyat. There are three things that will save you, and three things that will utterly destroy you spiritually. What are the things that will save you? He says, as for the three things that will save you, number one, taqwa, consciousness of God, in secret and in open. Alone and in public, consciousness of God. Number two, Speaking truth, whether you're happy or angry, whether the truth is with you or against you, speaking the truth. And number three, to stay on the middle path in the times of wealth, in the times of poverty, to just stay in the middle, be moderate. But then he says, there are three things that will destroy you. A lower desires that is just followed. Follow. That's your God. Number two. A greed that is obeyed. Whatever you want, I, I'm going after it. And last but not least, the Rasul he said, And when you become impressed with yourself, it's just me. Like, that's all I'm impressed with. I'm focusing on myself. The idea that we're learning here is that you can't do anything, you don't have anything without God's blessings. The verse of Quran that I want to remind ourselves of, Ya ayyuhannas antumul fuqara'u ilallah. This is the verse that is the opposite of ujub. The verse is, Ya ayyuhannas antumul fuqara'u. O people, understand that you are completely in need. Wallahu huwa al-ghaniyun hamid. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the only one rich. All of us are in need. Ibn Atal Askandari, he says about this need, Realize that you are truly in need from God. At that point, you'll see all of the blessings from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala come. And then he recited the verse, um, Sadaqa goes to the faqir. So when you realize that I'm in need, that's when the blessings come. The opposite is I can do it. It's me. And that's what we're trying to protect ourselves from. Let's look at what Imam Ghazali says about this sickness, ujub. As I said before, this vanity, this conceit can be in blessings. But the greatest blessing that we've been studying is the blessing of being on this path towards God. And so now as you start to pray more, you start to do more dhikr, you start to read more Quran, you start to do more charity. What happens when shaitan now tells you, good job, you're doing amazing. You're doing amazing. Let's, let's look what he says. He says, thani, The second thing that will destroy your progress or spoil your deed is, uh, is ujab, vanity and the actions you did. Wow, I did amazing. He says, there's two reasons why you have to do everything you can to stay completely away from this sickness. He says, number one, the moment you become vain, then you're blocked off from Allah's giving you tawfiq to do more, blessing you to do more. The moment you become impressed that it's me, you lose the divine help of Allah. 
Once you lose that, now everything is gone. So number one, you lose the blessing of going forward. Remember what I said in the beginning. We grind to move forward. We move forward and we become grateful. Not because I did it. There's a gratitude level element there. And so the grind that I keep moving forward is dependent upon me recognizing where the blessing came from. Imam Ghazali says the second reason why you have to protect your actions from this thought. Like, and, and for a moment, I just want to stop for a moment here. This, you don't understand how, how serious this is once you start doing righteous deeds. The moment you start moving forward, shaitan's like, all right, this person is moving forward. They're progressing. Now you want to do so much. It's at this moment exactly that you have to have this mentality that no matter how much I've done, none of it was me. Before I go forward, I want to give an example. Imam Ghazali says, it's not for me, but it was beautiful. Imam Ghazali says, let me present an example to you. And I think this example will bring this point home in a, on the next level. He says, let me present a story to you. There's this king. He allows everyone to come into his his, his, his presence to bring gifts to the king. The, 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 the governors, the great business people, all the other leaders, all the wealthy people are coming, giving honor to the king, bringing gifts to the king. They're coming with all types of gifts, beautiful gems, valuable things, wealth, so this one guy comes. He's a baqal. You know what baqal is? He sells, sells vegetables. On the side of the road, sells vegetables. So this baqal, this uh, grocery store owner, he comes with vegetables. And uh, these vegetables are worth a few dollars. He enters into the... the, the uh, into the presence of this king. And now he's standing around all these other dignified people. Because he's there with the king bringing his. So he's rubbing shoulders with the agniya. He's rubbing shoulders with other leaders, other governors, other this, other that. He says, uh, and وَهَذَا الْمَلِكِ He goes, this king, يَقْبَلُ مِنْ هَذَا الْفَقِيرِ this faqir, this simple grocer, brings forward his vegetables. And the king sees that it's all he has. He takes it from him. He looks at him as appreciative. Thank you. I appreciate your groceries. I appreciate your vegetables. He orders, bring a beautiful robe for him. Give him some nice clothes. Drip him out. Let him look good. He gave his best. We give our best. He gave his best. We give our best. He asked a question. Is that not the greatest blessing from the king? You gave your best. And the king goes, I'll give you my best. But hold up. Pause. Now this... Grocer, this baqal, he begins to count his blessing upon the king. Yamunnu bidharik ala al-malik. Ha, look what I gave the king. Look what I gave. It's the best tomato in the empire right there. Look at what I gave. Wayajabu bihi. Ah, did you see the he's walking around other the people? He said, You see what I gave the king? You see what I gave the king? He's forgetting that what he gave means nothing. All he gained was the pleasure of the king. It's not what we do. It's what he accepts. So he says, He starts to look big at what he did. Oh, do you see what I gave? I gave a basket of grapes. All the other heads, they're like, bro. Like, he says, He forgets to mention the blessing of the king on him. 
Allah you call Hada Majnoon. Imam Ghazali says, Would you not say this man is insane? This sister, this woman is insane. Would you not say this person is insane? You tarabul aqal? Something's wrong with his brain. Awsafihun jahil with horrible akhlaq. Watch what he does. Tonight, if you stand up for tahajjud prayer, if you give some amazing charity tonight, start some amazing initiative for the sake of God. Yeah, you worked hard. I got it. Getting up for tahajjud is hard. I got you. I got you. I understand. We do hard things. This is not easy. But the beautiful part is we do hard things, but then never say, I did it. <laughs> he says, if you stand up tonight for Allah, and you pray a few raka'ah, when you're done praying, it's 4.30 a.m., 5.15, you still get to hajjit, almost, right? He goes, I want you, when you're done praying, think for a moment, how many other people prayed to Hajjit tonight? From other servants around the world, from the corners of the Muslim empire, from Malaysia to Afghanistan, Pakistan, India, to Uzbekistan, keep going, Iran, Iraq, Palestine, Gaza, keep going, Egypt. If I don't name your country, don't get mad at me. <laughs> I'm like, dang. Somebody going to say something. I'm going east to west. You get my point. Throughout the entire world, there are righteous servants of Allah standing in prayer. And look what he says. Min all around the world, in the mountains, in the land. Min asnaf al-mustaqimin. People who are on track. People who are Siddiqeen. You know the governors, that when, the, when the grocer walked into the room and he's rubbing shoulders with the governors? If you stand up for Qiyamul Layl tonight, you're rubbing shoulders with the likes of great people tonight. Your tahajjud is nothing compared to the people of Gaza right now. Nothing. But guess what? So long as you realize it was nothing, it's accepted with theirs. That's the key. Your sadaqah, your initiatives, our initiatives are nothing. When we realize it's only his pleasure. He says, so many khaifin, mushtaqin, how many lovers of God will stand tonight? Mujahideen standing tonight. How many people are going to be present at the door of God tonight? with pure service, with quiet limbs and a clean heart, and with the limbs that are muttaqi too. He says, look at you. Look at the sins you did today. That tongue you're using now to praise Allah, those hands you're using now in dua, and look at where your heart was. Our point, brothers and sisters, if you've been throughout this whole dars, the point is not to not value what you do. The point is to, to realize it's not your action that you should be impressed with. It's the bounty of God. He says, uh, This one hit me. He said, Unzur ayuhal uqala. This sheikh was talking to his students. So he called them uqala. He said, Undur ayuhal uqala. Hal wajjatta qattu salatin min salatika ila sama kama idatin ba'atta ila buyutil agniya. He says, Have you ever prayed a salah and presented it to Allah the way you present a plate of food to a rich family? Yeah, sit on it. Hold up. <laughs> Not the way you present food to a poor family. Because the poor, what do we all think? 
I know what we should think, but what do we think? There's a, they're going to accept it. La. He says, have you ever prayed, oh, oh, intelligent person, have you ever prayed a salah and then thought for a moment that I'm presenting this salah the way I send a plate of food to a family that's rich? Here's a gift. I'm just showing my love. I know you got three stores. <laughs> I already know you got three stores. I'm just trying to show my love through this food. You don't need this from me. What's even worse is we work at the store. The money we do have is from him. The bread we do have is from him. And this is where Abu Bakr Warraq, he used to say, when I'm done with a salah, I'm shy. I'm shy when I'm done. I'm not done with the salah like, yeah. You know, subhanAllah, I'm going to go back to the racing, you know, the marathons. You know, when you run that like 5K, 10K or marathon, and I told y'all people don't run, who don't run, they be like, what place you get? But people who run just, I finished. It's like med school, I finished. <laughs> I ain't never been, I'm just heard, you know what I mean? I just, I finished. What grade did you get, bro? I'm a doctor, I, I finished. <laughs> I got through. I, I, I'm saying that because when you get through and you cross, that medal they give you, it's just a recognition of the effort. It's, I didn't do anything. You're so happy just to pass the finish line that you're not walking around arrogant. You're walking around grateful that I had the tawfiq to do it. What I'm trying to say is, he says, when I finish my salah, istahyaytu minha. I get shy when I'm done. I cross that finish line like 250th. I just sneak over the finish line. Faraktu, he says, I'm done with my prayer. I'm shyer than a person that just got caught stealing. Shyer than a person that just got caught stealing. Now, I understand that's really deep for a lot of us. But that thought will make you so humble in the righteousness that you do, that your righteousness will be accepted by God because you'll get done and you'll say, Yalla, how can I do more? How can I do more? If ever you finish a ibadah and you feel like you got somewhere, I'm sorry. Repeat. And repeat it with the feeling that, oh, Allah, please accept this from me. This only came from you. Imam Ghazali, he goes forward. So, so that example he just gave of the king. I mean, that's a powerful example for us to think about. Tonight you worship. <laughs> if you feel proud... It's silly. But if you feel blessed, see the difference? Proud, blessed. Proud, blessed. You know, next time someone congratulates you on something you do, what do we say? If someone was like, oh, Shay, great lecture. Like, alhamdulillah. Right? Anything you do, any effort you do for, for the sake of God, when someone prays, you say alhamdulillah. Just make sure that alhamdulillah isn't in the meaning of thank you. That alhamdulillah is truly, this ain't me, Allah. Don't say alhamdulillah like thank you, thanks, thanks. La, alhamd, all praises for Allah. Without him, I wouldn't have this. I don't even know how long I'm going to have it. But I'm just going to be a canvas by which Allah shows his greatness to the world. I am nothing in this equation. The moment you become nothing, you become everything, yo. For real. Let's go forward. So, so Imam Ghazali says, he says, uh, he says this arrogance destroys your righteous deeds. Uh, he says, The purpose is ibadah, the, all the righteousness we're going to do. The purpose is to worship God. This action, this ujab, this conceit of the actions you do is haram. Straight up haram. It will bring no good to you. And whatever little good you do, whatever little good you do, it will destroy it. He says, uh, what, is, what is it though? What is the reality of this vanity and conceit? What is it really? He says, uh, It's when you look at a good deed that you did 
And you think, wow, that's amazing. Wow, that's amazing. وَتَفْسِيلُهُ عِنْدَ أُلَمَائِنَا Our scholars, they say, uh, it's when you think of a blessing that you've been given, but you attribute it to anything else, whether it be other person or yourself. Um, he goes forward. He says, the opposite of this, this, this vanity of your actions is to remember the blessing. ذِكْرُ minna, Always remembering God's blessing. And what does it mean? To remember that it all happened by his tawfiq. You know, one of the things that we say is la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. Do you know what that actually means? La hawla, there is no power to do good. Wa la quwwata, and no power to remain from evil, illa billah. So whether you have been on your deen avoiding evil for so long and avoiding haram, it's not you, it's Allah's blessing. And then whether you have been on top of your deen doing as much good as you could do Quran and everything, Remember, it's from Allah. He is the one. He is the one who, you remember those vegetables? He's the one that gave it value. <laughs> they didn't have value before he said, I accept. <coughs> Imam Ghazali, he's, he's, he's G. Imam Ghazali says, you say for a moment, subhanAllah, in this moment right now, it was a trivial second that passed, that had no value. But because of Allah's acceptance of this dhikr you did in this one second, now this moment has, has immense value. The value of this dhikr you just did in this moment, the value of the good deeds you do, are priceless. But the value giver... Is Allah. So what does he say? He says, Amma ta'thir al-ujab. What is what is what is ujab do to your actions? It destroys the action completely. It destroys the action completely. He says there's three types of people. Three types of people. Some people have uh, they 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 are so they're impressed by their deeds completely in every moment. He says, these are the people that think that Allah owes them. Allah owes them. I'm supposed to have this. Entitled. Forget reminding, remembering Allah's blessing. They're reminding Allah about their blessing that I'm even here at the halakha right now. Allah speaks about this in the Quran. Surah Al-Hujurat. No? Qalat al-A'rabu amanna. The Arab, they said to the Prophet, Amenna, oh, we're believers. They, they, they reminded the Prophet that, yo, we became Muslim. We did the deeds. We went with you. We did this. We did that. Why are you reminding him of what you did if you did it for Allah? You did it for Allah. That's it. It was for nothing else. There was no reason you wanted anything back. It was for Allah. Number two group. He says, these are the people that remember Allah's blessing in every moment. These people are on track. No matter what they do, they always are like, nah, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. That was Allah. They have deep basira. Basira is insight. They have deep heart sight. They see with their hearts that this wasn't me. I couldn't have woken up this morning. It was Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then he says the third group, which most of us fall in. He says, These are the people that have a bit of both. He says, Sometimes they're aware. They see what they have, and they're like, Ya Allah, this is purely you. And he says, But sometimes they are heedless. They're unaware. And they can become impressed with what they have. It only happens because they're in a moment of heedlessness for a moment. And he says we have to fight that. Um, so Imam Ghazali, then he goes forward to explain some of the other aspects of this, of this very harmful sickness of the heart. And so the objective here, uh, Imam Ghazali, the ob objective here is mainly for ibadah. As we all try to stay on this path and do different things to please Allah. 
at any moment, don't become impressed with the, de with the deed. Realize that it was from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And as a gratitude, grind harder to show gratefulness for what he gave you to do. The tawfiq he gave you to do that, work even harder to show gratitude. One of the scholars in this kind of this uh, circular uh, reasoning, he says, Shukruna istihqaqila shukr. Our shukr needs shukr for it. So we stay constantly grateful to Allah because even for being grateful, I have to be grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's where we're at right now. Imam Ghazali rahimahullah ta'ala has given us deeper insight into this concept, this idea of ujab. The idea, brothers and sisters, is that self-love is blinding. You won't see your own faults and you will see what you did as your action and not that you are a canvas by which Allah shows his beauty to the world. May Allah allow us to be used by Allah to show his greatness. May Allah allow us to not be deceived and deluded by what we have and re thinking that that is because of who we are. May Allah give us tawfiq. So there's a few questions, right? Well, they already sent them in. Did they put it up? Yeah, if you want to send a question, you could. we trying to up our game here, y'all. Oh, don't think I'm going to answer each one, though. If you get upvoted, we got you. Now you got to use the QR code. No, nah, no, nah, you got to read it to me, Habibi. You got to read it to me. Go ahead. The question is, what's the fine line between keeping your good deeds to yourself and sharing those deeds with someone else to motivate them? You always need to have some deeds nobody knows about. You have to have some deeds that no one knows about. They're between you and Allah, they'll go to your grave with you. With that said, people are inspired by seeing what others do. You have to make your intention, Ya Allah, I'm only sharing with this person to motivate them. That's my only intention, Ya Allah. And then stay on that intention and, and, and share it. We need a community. Brothers and sisters, we, la we talked last week about how important it is to have other people motivate you and help you move forward. Riyah isn't about other people seeing it. Riyah is about needing the validation from the other people, feeling good that the other people have seen it. So you're actually on the good side because you're sharing it and you don't want to share it, but I'm only sharing this because I want other people to do it too. May Allah give us tawfiq. Next one. The question is a very deep one. I mean, that's the whole purpose of our halakat is how can you, read it one more time, how can you know the sincerity of your action? Imam Ghazali, last week we spoke about this, which is what's the primary motivator? What is the thing that if you took it out of the equation, the action would stop? The action would stop. Would the action stop if these people weren't there? Would the action stop if there was no national recognition? Would the action stop? Whatever is the thing that if you take that thing away, well, that is a primary motivator, and that's taking away from your ikhlas. The only motivation behind the action must be the pleasure of God. And, and when you start taking things away, you start to realize what is the thing motivating you to that action. And, and the solution is when you find other things to realize or reflect on how those things don't bring you true benefit. The true benefit is only from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Go ahead. Fear of arrogance as demotivating. Fear of arrogance or... One more time, read it one more time. So, so that was, we talked it two weeks ago. The question is about your fear. It, it could be a fear of anything. Last two weeks ago, we talked about two things that are important for us to keep going in our ibadah. Whatever righteousness we're doing, and whatever sins we're avoiding, there's two things that we have to work on, which is our fears and our hopes. It's what you fear, whatever you fear, and whatever you hope for. 
So the question here is the person is saying that my fears are so strong that it's demotivating. And what we said in that halakha was that you need to actually now focus on, on the hope aspect. No, Allah accepts from you. Allah loves what you're doing. Allah, the, the smallest deed is appreciated, appreciated by Allah. All of those verses that talk in those hadith that talk about Allah accepting the simplest of deeds, you start to focus on that to overcome that satanic obsessive fear. Let's take one more. That's it? Okay, that's it. Okay, that's it. Inshallah, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, accept from us. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq to stay motivated to righteousness. None of what we're saying, we want it to demotivate it. We want it to, to focus our intentions. So may Allah give us the ability to focus our intentions and always stay in a state of extreme gratitude, stay in a state of ex extreme a need from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah give us the tawfiq that when we say, iyyaka nasta'een, that we truly, truly, deeply mean it from the core of our hearts. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun wa salamun ala mursaleen. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Assalamu alaikum.